Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. It is Hartman and Schwartz, and we are broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you can say big on your auto insurance. It's really the best thing you can do with your phone in a few minutes. Just call 1-888-FARMERS and start saving today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. So every Saturday, Jeff, you and I get together for the quickest show in sports talk radio. Uh, it's just ridiculous. We always have a million things to talk about in a short amount of time. So before we get into sort of the subjects of the day, I feel like we got some cleanup work to do after the debacle for the Kansas City Chiefs as they got run over by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Super Bowl 55. And, of course, you have a unique perspective on things because your brother uh, is part of the Kansas City Chiefs, was a key starter a year ago when they won the Super Bowl championship. Unfortunately for him this year, he was not able to play due to injuries. But I'm going to say this at the very start, and you may you may refute this, but I'm going to say what I saw. One of the reasons that I was – Picking the Chiefs in this game, despite everything we talked about last Saturday, where I asked you about how serious the situation is with all the injuries on the offensive line of the Chiefs. But one of the main reasons I stuck with my Chiefs pick in this game, well, there were two reasons. One, obviously, was Patrick Mahomes. And the second reason was Andy Reid. And the reason I favored Andy Reid is he was seemingly unbeatable coming off bye weeks. This is the thing about Andy Reid. You give him an extra week to prepare, he just doesn't lose. And then he had the added good fortune of that extra week before the Super Bowl where he didn't have to deal with a lot of the yeah. nonsense that you normally have to deal with when you're on the Super Bowl site. They didn't even arrive to Tampa until Saturday. Correct. But that, to me, was 
as poorly a coach game as I've ever seen in the Super Bowl. His lack of adjustments in that game, his lack of game plan, the, the arrogance that somehow he felt that no matter what, my supremely talented quarterback is going to save my ass. And that's basically his thought throughout that entire game when it was obviously clear from the get-go that his undermanned five-man five offensive front was incapable of blocking the front four of the defensive front of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No adjustments. Just hopefully, once again, Patrick Mahomes, as he did last year for me, will bail out my ass in a big game, and this time it did not happen. A horrifically coached game by Andy Reid, and it just sort of floats on the radar. Everyone's talking about Tom Brady staggering off a boat and how much fun it was to see Tampa win and all their great guys. And somehow Andy Reid walks free from this debacle that unfolded one of the most unwatchable Super Bowls he's ever been. So there I am on my soapbox early, throwing it out there. Andy Reid, you did a horrific job of getting your team ready and coaching during that blowout loss to Tampa in Super Bowl 55. I step back. All right. Well, glad to be here. Um, yeah. Andy Reid, I think it was 26-5 and five off a of bye, uh, including the playoffs. So, wow, so much to get to. Uh, let me try to get all my thoughts in together. Feel free to jump in as much as you'd like to um, <clears throat> uh, as I go here. So, I've watched the Chiefs offense now three times through. The, the TV copy, I watched the film twice. I even watched Kurt Warner. It's free on his Twitter. I can't believe this is for free. Break down almost every play of that game. X and O's. He had seven or eight videos on his Twitter. Go to it if you would, if you would like to see. So I've watched it through plenty of times. Um, okay, where to begin? Um, they, I'll say this. They, they, the Chiefs, enemy Reed, and you know, any Reed is is you know doing most of it. Um, they designed a game plan terrified of their offensive line, and and rightfully so. Right, three guys starting for the first time. That season at a position, which is pretty incredible in the Super Bowl. And I think just like you did, Steve, same as me, a lot of us thought, hey, they can just do, you know, the, the, Pat Mahomes just make it, he'll make it right. He's done, he's done his career. He'll just make it right. And, and we thought they do. And look, you know, I have to root for the Chiefs, obviously. I bet on Tampa. Like I, in the end, I, I said to myself, look, I got to stick true to what I, how I gamble. And I would never gamble on a team that was worse in the trenches by far like this. Like not even close, right? Like they're that, they're that bad, uh, in the trenches. So what we saw was a game plan a little bit scared of their offensive line. And I think Pat Mahomes played a little faster because of it. Okay. Now you said, and people have said this, they didn't help the offensive line. That's actually not true. So I actually have it right in front of me. Um, I charted the first 29 offensive plays of the first half, all right? And that not including fourth down. So just like, the, you know, okay. So I counted 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 plays, Steve, of 29 plays in the first half where they helped the offensive line, whether via a chip, whether of a max protect, whether, you know, it's a running back and a wide receiver, um, that, so that's 14 plays of 29. They also called two screens in the first half and two RPOs, right? The first two plays of the game. So they did plenty to protect their offensive line. If you watch the game back again, you'll see there's times no one's open. And actually, it's because they try to protect their offensive line why no one was open. So what happens is when you play good, and, and part of it is a little bit of, of Andy Reid. This is the biggest fault, in my opinion, of Andy Reid in this game and, and the offensive staff. They prepared 
for Todd Bowles to do what he has always done, which is bring pressure, play a lot of single high coverage, okay? And 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 the thinking obviously is that and maybe it's not so obvious for you guys is that coaches are stubborn, okay? A lot of them don't change their identity from week to week. They might do a couple things different here and there, but they're pretty much going to get to the dance, and when they get there, they're going to do what they've always done. So, so Todd Bowles and Tampa's defense deserves credit before the Chiefs deserve blame, in my opinion. The Tampa's defense was out of their minds. So when Tampa plays a bunch of zone, these three- and four-man routes the Chiefs are running, nobody was open. So there were times where they would max protect. They leave a tight end in and a running back. Three guys go on a route, right? It's Hill, Kelsey, Hardman, or Hill, Watkins. And Tampa's playing a soft cover, too. And they're double teaming all three of the options, right? So when you when when you face a defense like Tampa's with that pass rush and you have a bum offensive line, you actually have to go the opposite, Steve. You have to spread everyone out. You go five wide and throw the ball as quickly as possible, which obviously they did not do here. So there are some faults, obviously, for the play calling, right? I would have liked to see more of an actual five wide passing attack, force Mahomes to get the ball. But even when they when they threw the ball short, it's the second play of the game, RPO. And none of the wide receivers turn around. And then later in the game, Hardman's open on a hot route, doesn't turn around. Like there were times. So it, it, it was it was almost like everyone, and this is what happens when, when, when you have a bad offense, when you don't play well, is everyone took their turn, right? One time it was the offensive line. One time it was the wide receivers. One time it was the play call. One time it was Mahomes. One time it was this. You know, could they run the ball more? Sure, but. That's not really the way Andy Reid got here, and I don't expect him to be running the ball a bunch of Super Bowl. That's never what he's done, and um, we know, especially when they fall behind. So I actually think that they did a lot of things they should do as far as trying to help the offensive line, like at least in theory, right? Help the offensive line. And look, they tried a, a – um, everyone said to me, well, where's the fancy place for the Chiefs? They tried one of those, um, we're going to fake a jet sweep, fake a wide receiver uh, uh, swing screen to the left, hit Travis Kelsey for for a screen in the middle. They've done it all season long. It's a great play for them. Tampa played it better, man. Tampa didn't bite at all. They played so disciplined on defense. They were they were so good on defense, and I do not want the story of this game to be that Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes screwed up because Todd Bowles, you know, White and David and and JPP and Shaq Barrett and and Winfield Jr., all those guys deserve so much credit. They played so well. They played so disciplined. They they did not fall for any of the of the trickery. They, they did not fall for any of the, the tricks the Chiefs have used in the past to open the field up right. Like jet sweeps. You know, a lot of the backfield action on a pass plays, right, when they run the wide receivers back and forth, is so if Hill runs left to right, let's say, right, on a f- fake fly sweep, as he runs to the right, the theory, obviously, is that as he, you snap the ball, as he's running to the right, the defense has to expand, you know, take two or three steps to cover that area, right? Cover if Tyreek Hill gets the ball on a jet sweep. And then, boom, you hit someone right back where those guys left on defense. That didn't happen in this game. Tampa Bay played so well. So, Steve, I, I'm with you on a lot of the game planning. Could have been better as far as you know some of the guys I just mentioned. But also, I think Tampa played really well. And lastly, lastly, um, I do think there was an impact with Andy Reid's son and the unfortunate situation um, that happened on Thursday, right? And I hope how I, could I, it not be I'll, a distraction? I'll, I'll, we talked about that yeah. last Saturday. Just sort of touched on a yeah. what kind of potential distraction could it, this be? That one of your coaches, your linebacker yeah. coach, is not going to be there. 
because but he's involved in an that. incident where a five-year-old girl yeah. is uh, fighting for her life. And it's you know, and, and you know, it's it's um, mm. it's not good. When the NFL investigation comes out, I mean, look, he's he's going to jail. Like that's, I mean, it's it's happening, right? Like, and so you know, right for the Super Bowl, your head coach's son, he's a linebacker coach. He's not, he's not just like a dude that hangs around the team. He's an actual coach. Um, and you know, him him have that situation and. Um, you know, they just looked kind of out of it. And this is, Steve, I go back to what I've said all season long about them, is that the last actually two months of the season, is that when they didn't finish games well, right? You know, they're up 30 yep. to 10 against Miami. They, you know, they have to go for a fourth down, um, that type of stuff. Is that I said, guys, I, I know what they're doing, right? They're just waiting till they can turn on at any time of the year. But they're going to run into an opponent, Tampa Bay, where you can't just turn it on. And I think that that attitude cost them a little bit in this game. You know, they came out lackadaisical again. Well, that is on the coach. And then that's what I uh, get back to Andy Reid here. Because if you think about last year, how finally Andy Reid gets that Super Bowl win, that was Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they were down 24-zip in their first playoff game, so they weren't ready for that start. And Mahomes bailed them out and bailed them out and bailed them out and ends up winning. By the way, of all the negative stats for the Chiefs in this game, including that unfathomable 90 yards of penalties in the second quarter alone. Here was a stat. Remember a few weeks back when we were previewing the NFC Championship game between the Packers and the Bucks, and we talked about the Packers getting boat raced by the Bucks during the regular season. We had this incredible stat, like the Bucks had 13 quarterback hits in that game. Yeah. In this game, they had 29 well, now, he was pressed for 29 times. I've never seen that stat in my entire life. Now, he ran for, as, as somebody you know, went back and reviewed, that he ran for almost 500 yards yeah. trying to uh, scramble away and create something there, scrambling for his life out there. All right, on the other side, I want to get into something that's going on right now, but with a connection to the Super Bowl we just talked about and the role of a quarterback as a leader on a football team and how it can either enhance his position or hurt his position. Patrick Mahomes versus who? We're going to tell you coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Steve Harvey, Jeff Schwartz hanging out here on this Saturday trying to cover all kinds of things happening around the world of sports. Russell Wilson went on Dan Patrick. And in in some respects, I, I love the candid nature of the conversation, but basically Russell Wilson was saying that I should have say in the personnel decisions for the Seattle Seahawks. And in particular, he laid out his offensive line. Now, I want to get back a little bit to Patrick Mahomes. If there was anyone that was in a position to be critical of his offensive line after a big game, it was Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, he it was such low-hanging low fruit. He could have gone there, and he didn't. He didn't put any blame on Correct. his offensive line. <laughs> he talked about, we should have done some things differently. I should have done things differently. We're going to use this as a motivator for next year. But he did not in any way single out his offensive line for the reason that the Chiefs got blown out in that Super Bowl. But here's Russell Wilson already saying, and and, and quickly here, because we talked a little bit before the show, you as, a, uh, as an offensive lineman, Jeff. When we talk about this stat about Russell Wilson having been sacked more than any other quarterback in the league since he came into this league, I've always, and I've said this from the get-go about Russell Wilson. I love him. Watch him. He's a dynamic player. He extends plays and makes things happen. But when you extend plays as a quarterback, and by the way, Mahomes is guilty of this as well, you're susceptible to the sack. I mean, as an offensive lineman, you're only really – expected to do so much if your quarterback decides to start running all over the field and eventually gets sacked that's on him not on you so i have two questions for you a does russell wilson have a legitimate complaint about his offensive line and if you were an offensive lineman for the seattle seahawks right now how would you feel about your starting quarterback basically putting blame on you that the seahawks have not gotten back to another super bowl so many things to talk about here. Um, you know, let's start with, uh, I guess, the easy one to handle is that uh, Russell Wilson does get hit a lot, but also takes a lot of sacks that he shouldn't take. And Pro Football Focus charts these, and mm-hmm. they do a good job of that. And um, he takes a, a ton of sacks. And when we say take a ton of sacks, it's not even the scrambling. It's when he just kind of drops too deep. So offensive linemen, but mostly offensive tackles, they can block – basically as deep as about the quarterback can be as deep as about 10 yards at the most any deeper than that the dn can just run around us no problem and russell wilson sometimes drops too deep Pamela let me let me stop thing. you for a second here just a quick question because i'm always curious about this the fact that he is a shorter quarterback does it necessitate him to maybe take a deeper drop in order to see more of the field 
No, because Drew Brees doesn't do it. I know. That's why. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. Um, so that's so that's um, yeah. So I, I think. W- that's that's part of this discussion as well. He's just trying to get hit. And look, they have tried to invest in the offensive line, um, but they haven't drafted a lot of guys, right, in, in the last four or five years. They've, they had Dwayne Brown, the left tackle, but they've drafted guys to let him walk, and they just really haven't drafted a lot of guys in that position and haven't really helped him um, very, very much. But here's the thing that I have a problem with, and it's not really calling out your offensive line, like whatever, I, I don't know. Maybe if I was playing the offensive line, I'd be pissed a little bit, but... You know, I just kind of what the offseason is. And, and you understand it's a business and he's, you know, his agents probably getting him to posture a little bit, maybe to get more money or force them to, you know, to do the offensive line. But here is, um, here's the thing that I kind of take issue with. And I know this is very anti-player of me because I'm supposed to just always back everything players say or do. But the idea that we should be involved in player personnel decisions is, is a bunch of BS. I mean, look, we have a hard enough job playing the game. Imagine if we had to play the game and then also scout other players that we're not playing that week, right? Just like spend time scouting and spend time figuring out the salary cap and spend time figuring out all the other things. I get it if, you know, if they go to Russell Wilson, hey, man, do you want this guard? And he's like, yeah, man, yeah, I, I, I like the kid. And like, okay, you, know, you, you ask for his opinion, whatnot, right? It's what Deshaun Watson wanted in Houston, right, to hire a coach. That's fine. You know, but again, that's more of a token thing that actually helped, you know, than Russell Wilson sitting down with John Schneider, the GM, and going over the free agent list and giving his opinions. All right, let me ask you this about, okay, and I agree with it. It's laughable when we talk about, this is not like basketball where you see, you know, some guy that can shoot the ball well, rebound the wall, or he's a good passer, or maybe a good defender, and saying, yeah, I can see that on the court. Anybody can see that on the court, but that's not the way it works for football. I mean, how many people, I mean, do you honestly believe Russell Wilson. Now, obviously, he understands blocking assignments, and it's all part of the mechanics of the offense. But does he truly understand when you're scouting a player that could be successful at the professional level, does he understand exactly the skill set necessary, what you're looking for for an interior offensive lineman? Does he understand a guard or a center, an interior offensive lineman, or even offensive tackle of exactly what it is you're looking for from a skill set, from whatever tools they have that would translate to the NFL? Does anyone honestly believe he understands? I don't. I mean, well, I, uh, I think the question is, does he understand it more than the scouts do? Like, right. right? Like, like if he says, if they say, hey, man, um, you know, what do you think of this guy? And he has a detailed breakdown that they don't have. Like, does he provide, um, does he provide something that they would not already have scattered or known about? Right. It, it's easy to say, hey, you know, X guy, you know, Joe Thune, the, 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 the Patriots left guard is very good. He's on the franchise tag. He'll be a free agent. Um, you know. They know he's good. They don't need Russell Wilson's help with that. Um, but you know, but but does Russell Wilson know? Um, you know, the, the guy who started eight games last season and, and might be depth for them. Has he scouted the college offensive lineman? Right? Is he? You know, has he studied Trey Smith or or, or Wyatt Davis? Um, you know, or I'm thinking about kind of end of the first round. Creed Humphreys at center or. Well, Alex and especially when you look at offensive like, no. line, you look at smaller schools. You know, FCS schools. And how many offensive linemen, especially, that actually come to fruition 
you know, in the NFL, so many of them come from small schools. Go back to Larry Allen, some Sonoma State back in the day for the Dallas Cowboys. There's no way a Russell Wilson could understand. Sure, he might understand about some of the uh, highly publicized offensive linemen out of Ohio State or Alabama or some big school from a big conference, but so many of these great offensive linemen in the NFL do not come from that kind of pedigree. Right. And, you know, like there's a kid in North Dakota State who's might be a first round tackle. He might be there when they pick. Like, is he, um, like, is he studying that kid? Like, I just think that it's easier said than, and I, and I get it that players, because they get paid so much, they think they need to be part of personnel decisions. But it's kind of a reason why even coaches typically aren't part of that decision making process, right? Because they don't spend their entire time looking at and scouting players. Um, and, I'm trying to think because people, you know, the, the argument people make for this being a thing now is, oh, well, the highest paid um, employees in every other walk of life and every other profession get a say in personnel. But there really is nothing quite like this. Like what what profession do you have a CEO, you know, like a team president, I guess, who makes you know, uh, what, what, seven times less than the, the employee in Russell Wilson? Like, it just, you can't compare the NFL to other things. Like, it's, 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 I, it's, I agree with you. You can't compare it to any other sport. You know, baseball really is an individual sport played in a team atmosphere. It's pitcher hitter, right? You know, it's it's an individual sport. The NFL, and, and it extends far beyond the field. It's coaches in unison. It's front office in unison. It's ownership. When you look at the success of the New England Patriots over two decades, it was a combination of everything working together. And that's the way it works in the NFL. Yeah. So you have to be able to hire the right people, trust that they can do their jobs well, and that's how it all works. And then it comes together. And at the end of the year, one team, one team ends up winning a Super Bowl. I mean, plus all the other factors, injuries, and everything else that can derail a team or sideline a team and everything else. So every year when a team wins a Super Bowl, it is a perfect storm for that one year. Everything oh, yeah. just sort of came together. You look at the Bucks, and they were a team sitting at 7-5 and five going into a bye week, and they never lost another game. And they got better and better and better and better. And it wasn't just Tom Brady. It was that defense, as you said, Todd Bowles' masterful job coordinating his defense against this prolific Kansas City Chiefs offense. So these are all the factors. So the idea of Russell Wilson, who, look, is one of the great quarterbacks in this league, for him to take on that added burden of trying to figure out the right personnel so they get a better offense. Russell, just let somebody else do it, okay? Now, if you want to make noise about going elsewhere, well, that's that's a whole different situation. By the way, we'll get to that on the other side. But right now, we got to find out what's trending. Uh, once again, everyone, we are broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. We welcome in Ralph Irvin. Ralphie, how are you today? I'm just doing swimmingly, Steve. Good to see you. Say hi to Jeff. Uh, Jeff, Ralph Good Irvin. Afternoon. Ralph and I go back, uh, well, almost 30 years. How's that? That's how long we've known each other. Long time. Awesome. 25. Okay, 25 years. I love it. 
Yeah, Those first five years I was listening to you. <laughs> and we have UCLA roots together as well. You know, Jeff should have been a Bruin. Should have been. I agree. Comes from a hopefully, UCLA family. I know. Hopefully the basketball team can play a little better today. Well, that would be a big hope. Yeah, that was an embarrassing <laughs> loss to USC. We've been hoping that for, yes. uh, again, about, uh, you know. Yeah, USC is good, years. but uh, didn't help the UCLA's big men were both out of that game. That didn't help it. Well, so. you know. All right, what's happening out there, Ralph? Well, five seconds left to play in the second overtime. Number 12, Oklahoma, a 91-90 lead as they play at number 14, West Virginia. Again, already in the second extra period. Ten and a half to play in the second half. Number 13, Texas, a 49-40 lead over TCU. Number 16, Tennessee. They're trailing on the road at LSU. The Tigers up 59-49, 806 to play in the second half. At the intermission, number 15, Iowa cruising with a 46-27 lead as they play at Michigan State. And news from the NFL, Ian Rappaport saying that Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence will have labrum surgery on his left non-throwing shoulder. He'll rehab for five to six months, should be ready for training camp. The NFL is fined Buccaneer safety Antoine Winfield Jr. $7,815 for dropping the deuces or a peace sign on Tyreek Hill during the Super Bowl. And the Mets have listed Tim Tebow as a non-roster invitee heading into their spring training camp <laughs> in Florida. Oh, how, how, how long is this going to go on? Tim Why are Tebow, we doing this? Tim probably, Tebow cannot. I love it. He hit yeah. 163 last year, two years ago in AAA. Why are we doing this? He's 33 years old. Well, I don't and get they it, didn't Mets. even have a minor league season last year, so he didn't play at all. Right, two years ago, yes. He's so been two preparing. years ago, he 163. And by the way, Tim Tebow is 33 years old. Yes. And he's taken up another spot? Come on, enough already. I'm like, what's he doing? Why is he doing this? And the thing about it, it's to sell tickets, right, or jerseys, they've already been bought. Like, who's buying a Tim Tebow jersey <laughs> in 2021? Nobody. Robert Redford and Dennis Quaid's movie Alter Egos would say, let the guy comply. All right, that's great. That's great. <laughs> if he could throw 97 all of a sudden, good luck. All right. So anyway, that's that's ridiculous. All right, Ralph, we'll talk to you a little bit yes. later on. We are broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call one 888 farmers to switch. You could save a bundle on your auto insurance. Man, this Tebow thing is ridiculous, Steve. Like, like okay, it was fun for a year. Yay. You know, some fans came to the games and game is chance and whatnot. But... You know, he's taking up a spot of a kid who's actually trying to play in the major leagues. Like, he's he's never going to see the light of day in the major leagues. If they called him up, it'd be laughed at even more than they already are. (laughs) Well, the Tebow story in general, by the way, in three minor league seasons, well, really four, in four minor league seasons, his career batting average is 222. And what's most amazing is in over 1,100 at bats, strikes out a ton. Well, not only does he strike out a lot, he only has 18 home runs for a guy that's 6'3", 245 pounds. I mean, the guy's built like, you know, Jim Tomei, and she'll be hit blasting the ball. He's like a dink hitter. I and, mean, and, and then he hit a home run like in his first game every time he gets called up. And then he just, they just. <laughs> that, was, just... <laughs> that was exactly, you got that right, Jeff. It seemed like it's whenever you move from one team to another, it's first about he hit a home run. And then it's just not hit another home run. So uh, unbelievable. That Tebow story still going on. I'll tell you another story that's still going on is the Deshaun Watson story. Now, you can go back to the Russell Wilson, you know, speaking candidly with Dan Patrick about his frustrations with the Seahawks. The difference here is we haven't heard anything from Deshaun Watson. 
We're only hearing through the grapevine that people close to him are saying he's unhappy, that he's played his last game as a Houston Texan and all this. And then we get the announcement that J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans have agreed upon terms for him to walk away. Let me just stay with J.J. Watt before we get back to Deshaun Watson. Look, for the first five years of his career, J.J. Watt had as dominant a run as any defensive player in the history of the NFL. And arguably, his 2014 season, when many thought he should have been the league MVP, was as good as you're ever going to see a defensive player. But three of the last four, well, he, he was injured in 20. 20- 16. He was injured in 2017. He came back in 2018 with another All-Pro season. He had like 16 sacks that year. Then he was hurt in 2019. But this last year was the first time where he started all 16 games. He had five sacks. I mean, that defense was woeful, and it was obvious that he was a shell of the player he once was. So, you know, people are talking, well, a lot of teams are interested in J.J. Watt, and he is, uh, but they're unsure about the cap situation and all this right now. How interested would you be in J.J. Watt right now as an NFL general manager? I'd be pretty interested, and here's why. Um, you put him down at defensive tackle. You don't put him at defensive end. You put him at defensive tackle, and you let him um, just rush the passer, like get after rushing the passer. And I think also, you know, because you know he'd be able to um, to play on a winning team. Obviously, that'd be very important. I think he would feel great if he was you know, on a winning team. Um, and just. You know, don't put don't put the workload of him having to be your entire defense, right? Watt has had to be their entire defense for a long period of time because their defense is atrocious, right? So now, now you'll be able to just, hey man, go rush the passer. Like you know, the the Browns are a team who's who are um, rumored, right, for him to go right be there. And um, you know, how much you know, would Miles, Miles Garrett, Garrett would like to have JJ Watt yeah, on you know, the Miles interior Garrett defensive line? And yeah. Sheldon Richardson and yeah. Olivier Vernon. You know, Watt won't have to do as much. Um, I think he can still play if you put him at defensive tackle. If you put him at, um, you know, at at defensive, you know, at at, at defensive end again, like that eh, doesn't feel that doesn't feel great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that to me feels like like what I would do. I'd sign him to play defensive tackle and let him rush the passer. I think he'll I think he will feel very rejuvenated to be able to play on a winning team. He asked for his release, obviously. It's a lot different situation than uh, it is for uh, for uh, Deshaun Watson, who, uh, you know, like you mentioned, hasn't really talked to the team, and he's under contract, and he's good. J.J. Watt, it made sense for them to release him. Right. Um, well, let me ask you yeah. this, whether one had to do with another. The last time we saw J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson, they were walking off the field together, mics were on, and J.J. Watt was apologizing to Deshaun Watson that they wasted a year for him. That we, I'm sorry that we wasted one of your best seasons, which indeed it was for Deshaun Watson. In spite of the fact they were four and twelve, so the fact that the Texans have agreed to the release of J.J. Watt, who let's face it was really the face of the franchise before Deshaun Watson showed up, is this a sign that indeed the Texans are ready to blow this whole thing up? And if are the if they are willing to blow it up, then hey, let the beginning be the the bidding begin on Deshaun Watson, or is this a completely isolated situation with J.J. Watt? I think it's isolated. Again, older player, not as productive, a lot of money against the cap. Deshaun Watson is, again, I don't think he'll be traded. Um, 
They have no reason to trade him. I know he's angry, but again, we've seen, and maybe you know, you've been obviously following football longer than I have. I remember one time in my lifetime where quarterback actually sat out a whole season. That was Carson Palmer, right? Mm-hmm. He sat out an entire season, and actually ended up, it ended up working out for him. We saw Le'Veon Bell sat out an entire season. How'd that work out for him? It didn't work out very well. We've seen other players threaten to sit out. I mean, Emmitt Smith sat out two games with 93, right? And the Cowboys ended up paying him because they went 0-2. We've seen certain players sit out. You know, Darrell Rivas, I think, pulled this a couple times maybe. Mm-hmm. So certain players have sat out. But an entire season at 25, 26 years old in the prime of your career as Deshaun Watson is right now would be, excuse me, it would be unheard of. And I don't think he would do it all season. I think Houston's banking on that and saying, hey, man, we'll get him to show up. And if he shows up, we have a new coach. Pep Hamilton's our quarterback coach, who was great with Justin Herbert last year. He's been great wherever he's been, right? He was at Stanford with Andrew Luck. He was wherever he's been, he's been great. He was in Indy as well um, with, with Luck. Like, he'll be great. And we'll bring him in there and he'll get to know, you know, get to know coach and he'll like it and he'll want to stay and he'll, he'll, he'll help us win. That's what they're banking on, I think. All right. On the other side, uh, the passing of a NFL legend. The Pro Football Hall of Fame and how they seem to have different rules for different individuals. We'll bring it all together coming up next. Steve Harvey, Jeff Schwartz. Marty Schottenheimer passed away this week. He, of course, is the seventh winningest coach in the history of the National Football League. One of only seven to have at least 200 wins in the regular season. I got to know Marty a little bit when he came to San Diego in 2002. I've told the story that when he came to San Diego, he invited a number of us in the media uh, to uh, a steak dinner. Nice. Pretty nice, right? So there were probably about a dozen of us, and we all went out to have a steak dinner with Marty. And I remember we're all getting served our steak dinners, sort of anxious to see, you know, what Marty ordered. And so we're all sitting there and all, you know, they're coming in and putting our dinners in front of us. Marty's sitting there with a plate in front of him and they walk in and they give him a glass of scotch (laughs) and just put it in the middle of his plate. That was it. And we all had a good laugh about it. And, you know, Marty was one of those really engaging guys, players related to him, coaches related to him, media related to this guy. He was very popular. And and you're hearing all these very positive things about Marty Schottenheimer. Of course, the tragedy of the end of his life with the Alzheimer's is just a horrific disease that inflicts people and the families and what they have to deal with. It's just horrific. Um, and obviously, I would strongly encourage more research to somehow uh, lessen the burden, just not on the individual, but the families as well. But it, it sort of made me pause a little bit about why it is, you know, a couple of years ago, the Centennial Committee, you know, they were expanding for one year uh, with the 100th anniversary of the NFL, this Hall of Fame class, and there were eight finalists for coaches. Um, two of them got in immediately, Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson. Yep. This year they created a coaches-only category, and, of course, you know how I felt about Coach Flores getting in, thrilled um, that the man I worked with, obviously, back when the Raiders got his due, and I was looking back at the other five people that were on this list because they're going to do this coaches-only category for three more years. And I see the names of Mike Holmgren, Dan Reeves, Dick Vermeil, uh, Buddy Parker, who coached the Lions back in the early 50s to a couple of championships. And I see Don Coriel, who has been nominated many times. And it got to me to thinking about who did get elected to the Hall of Fame 
this year. By the way, we're broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. And so they announced the Hall of Fun class. We talked about this last week. You knew Peyton Manning and uh, uh, what am I say? Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson uh, were automatics. We knew they were automatics. And then Alan Fanick and John Lynch had been on the list for several years. So it was sort of a little cleanup time for those two guys. But we were talking about Calvin Johnson, whether or not a guy who played nine years in the league, never won a single playoff game, could get in as a first ballot Hall of Famer. And we found out the answer was yes. Can you imagine a quarterback, no matter what kind of numbers he put up, who only played nine years in the NFL, getting elected to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot if they never played, never won a playoff game? And this gets back to this whole set of rules. Marty Schottenheimer was not on this list. Despite 200 wins, he had more wins than anybody else on this list. Anybody else on this list. All eight coaches that were finalists had less wins in their career than Marty Schottenheimer. And he's not considered because he never, not only didn't win a Super Bowl, he never got to a Super Bowl. So they seem to have one set of rules for quarterbacks and coaches and a different set of rules for everybody else. Is that fair? Well, I think quarterbacks and coaches are more closely related to to wins and playoff wins than are you know a wide receiver, right, or a defensive lineman. So I understand why those you know those guys get judged far more harshly on those things. Um, you know, it the, the longevity thing with players I don't quite understand because we're talking about this with Tony Baselli, right? Tony Baselli was the best offensive tackle for three year period. He was the best offensive tackle where four other Hall of Famers were playing at the same time. Right. Um, you know, Terrell Davis, I know he won Offensive Player of the Year, or MVP, Super Bowl MVP, all that stuff. Um, you know, three-year three run. But he had a three-year run. That was basically it, right? Three right. great years. Um, obviously, go back to, I think it was Gail Sayers, right? right. He had a shorter career. Sure. So, look, we've seen that, even on baseball, so like, like Koufax, things like that. Okay, we've seen some guys get in. But I don't know why other guys get in instead of, like, like Tony Baselli to me should be in. Like, it shouldn't even be a thing. It shouldn't, it, like, was... Was Calvin Johnson that much better than the next best wide receiver of his era? Oh, and that, like, that, that's a great question. Like, was he better than Randy tell, Moss? Let me tell you, if you have no. Calvin Johnson, why isn't Sterling Sharp in the Hall of Fame? Well, you want to look saw, at Sterling yeah. Sharp's record over seven I years? Saw Shannon, I saw Shannon uh, Sharp uh, tweet, uh, talk about this Look week. at his numbers. He he was only behind, I think, Jerry Rice in receiving yards and receptions. He made five Pro Bowls, years. was three times All-Pro, twice set the single-season record for receptions, and oh, by the way, his last year in Green Bay had 18 touchdowns. So I just don't. I, I guess I just don't. I don't know what. Constitutes. So what about Marty though? That's what I want to get to about Marty Schottenheimer. Can a coach two hundred regular season wins, but a postseason record of five and thirteen no. in twenty full seasons as a coach? Not with he that made the playoffs record. thirteen times. Not with that postseason record. I mean, it's it's always going to loom over him. And again, whether or not that's fair, I I, I don't I don't know if it's fair, but that's always going to be over him. Well, Don Coriel's one. Now, Coriel's been a little different because a lot of people talked about how he changed the game, right? I mean, that yeah. the Coriel offense, and he took two losing franchises and made them winners, the Cardinals and the Chargers. Uh, but Marty is not even – I mean, would, would, would you consider his record better or worse than Dan Reeves, who got to four Super Bowls and lost them all? Are they, are they comparable? Dan Reeves is not in, correct? Not in. 
I mean, I just, you know, I think, you know, going to those four in a row, it's going to, it's going to get him. Well, he didn't go to four in a row. He went to four. You remember four, you're right. three yeah, out of sorry. four with yes, Denver sorry. and then one more with Atlanta. Right, I'm sorry. Um, yes, you're right. Um, I lost all four. Um, now, Marv Levy went to four in a row and lost. I'm He's sorry, in the yeah. Hall of Fame, but Grant was 0 for 4 in the Super Bowl. I, He's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, if Andy Reid had lost last year, he'd still be in the Hall of Fame probably, right? If he hadn't won a Super Bowl. I, I don't know. Would he be? <sighs> would he be? Tough, I don't know. I, I would say, I, I, think, I do think, though, that the lack of playoff success is really going to hurt Schottenheimer. Because, I mean, that's ultimately coaches and, and quarterbacks mm-hmm. get judged in the playoffs. Well, and that's that's my whole point. It, it, it is. You know, I mean, they, made it, they, it they made it clear. Tom Flores won two Super Bowls. And yeah. now Coach is in the Hall of Fame. But he uh, won half uh, as many games in his career as Marty Schottenheimer. Th- those videos are so great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That the, the knocking on the – first of all, when you have the largest human being on the planet knocking on your door – David Baker, 6'9", 400-pound man. I love David. He's awesome. <laughs> and he's like Shrek. I always every, every time I see David Baker, I think of Shrek. Uh, but this was cool. A lot of people are saying they should do this next year instead of just all in one hotel room. All right, on the other side, a decision was made by an NBA owner that could carry over to other sports. We'll talk about it next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, rolling along once again on a fabulous Saturday. We are broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch. You can save on your auto insurance. And what else are you going to do with your phone for the next few minutes? Look at pictures of food your friends ate again. Call 1-888-FARMERS for a quote. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. All right, so here we are once again. By the way, what did you eat on Super Bowl Sunday? What was your old setup last Sunday, Jeff? Um, 
I don't think anything cool. I think we just ordered wings. Oh, yeah, I remember. We ordered wings. My wife wanted wings. I was like, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday, hon. Like, they're not going to just show up in 20 minutes like DoorDash. <laughs> they're going to take, take an hour and a half to show up. Um, it was just the family. Like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't really feel like doing anything crazy. Well, let me ask you another question. So tomorrow is Valentine's Day, which yes. uh, by all accounts is one of the most hated holidays for all men out there. We know that whoever came up with the idea of Valentine's Day was not a guy because the pressure on guys is immense. And you always get the same thing from usually your wives and your girlfriends. They always say, oh, you don't have to get me anything. We all, we've all heard that before, right? Oh, you seriously, you don't have to get me right. anything, but you know you have to get something. I was talking to Lee about this, you know? You, you know, they always say, right? What do they always tell you? Please, don't. you don't have to get me anything. You don't have to give me flowers, candy. But then you know you do have to deliver something or else you're going to look like a complete idiot. And then you're not going to hear the end of that. So <laughs> how, how do you – how do you – so, and I mean, I don't have to worry about yeah. this anymore as a divorced man. The only, <laughs> the only holiday I have to worry about with my ex-wife is Mother's Day. She's a tremendous yeah. mom and we share three children and I give her something very – very nice for Mother's Day. She's earned it. Um, but as far as the rest of these holidays, I don't have yeah. to worry about any of that crap anymore. So how, how do you deal with Valentine's uh, Day? So uh, my wife and I didn't even do we didn't get each other gifts this year because we've gotten to the point where, like, my wife yesterday was out shopping at the mall. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, what am I going to buy her? She can just buy her own stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> and she did text me about two weeks ago and said, hey, I got an outfit. You're taking me out for Valentine's weekend. I said, okay. So... Um, you know, I found a place in Charlotte to go out. We're going out after the show. Right. Um, and, you know, the the problem is, this is two weeks ago. Even two weeks ago, everything's half capacity here. So trying to find a reservation on a Valentine on Saturday, you know, February 13th, is really hard. I got one for 530. It's very early, okay? All right. So this is a so, place, a new place or a place well, you've we, been before? We, we've been here before, but we went one night, like, later at night. Um, and I didn't eat because it was so late. I was I filled in for her friend who didn't want to go. It was like nine o'clock at night. I don't eat that late, so I did not eat. So I'm going. We're going back to actually eat dinner here. The problem we have, I know people are going to feel very sorry for me, but people with kids will understand my problem. When you eat at five thirty, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with the idea. You're n- you're going to be done before your kids go to sleep. Yeah, and you don't want to get back to the house before your kids are going to bed. Well, it has rained. For a solid 24 hours in Charlotte. It's going to keep raining. I'm looking right now. It's still raining. <laughs> it hasn't gone above like 38 degrees for the last 48 hours. It's a, the weather is bad. So I don't know what to do at about 7.30 when we say, hey, we've had enough food. Yes. We've had enough drinks. And by the way, they're looking at you like we have this table reserved. Correct. So get out yes. of here. Like there's no, like we could drive, I Yes, mm. we can't go to the theater. Like, there's no you know, movie theaters aren't open. <laughs> right. um, you know, I, I, my I, my one idea are is movie to, theaters open there. I don't. Who knows? My I wife know. doesn't even like movies anyway. So yeah. that's a no go. That's a my no-go. my idea is this: mm-hmm. is I interviewed Ryan Jensen, the the Bucks Center, Tampa Bay Bucks sure, Center, absolutely. Uh, and on my podcast, just podcast called Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. I, I don't think I ever plugged it on this before. You'll find it wherever you like your podcast. Um, and he said that during the season. They, you know, they weren't allowed to go out and eat. That was a stipulation NFL had. So instead, once a week, him and his wife would get takeout. They'd sit in their car, eat takeout, and watch Netflix on their iPad mm-hmm. just to like get out of the house. So maybe I'm thinking of like we go get ice cream somewhere. I bring my iPad in the car, and we just watch a movie in the car and have like <laughs> some ice cream. 
just just so the kids go to sleep. I love I love how and I love and, I'm, I'm sure you think this is a really good idea. Jeff. Well, we're we're going to Mexico in two weekends. In okay, two weeks, so like that's like a romantic thing. Like we're, right, we're, we're, we're handle the romance. Now do you then. get her flowers, candy. Do you I got get her, her flowers. Gift? I got her flowers today. Um, right, well, that's no, no, right. no. Like I said, I normally get her gifts, but mm-hmm. we're at the stage now where like we're fortunate enough to right. like almost just buy ourselves whatever we want, and so I I I, I can't. I'm not buying her like. I, expensive gift on Valentine's Day. All right, so when you're, when, see, here's the thing. When you're a married man with children, you're on the hook for five holidays. Five. Whether it's Christmas or Hanukkah, you've got your wedding anniversary, both. you got Valentine's yeah. Day, you got her birthday, and, and you have Mother's true. Day. Now, Mother's Day is the number one. Once they become a mother, that's yeah, their, you a, better deliver on Mother's Day. She cares a lot about Mother's Day. They all do. They all do. That is the number one. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot to it. And you're still recovering from Christmas or Hanukkah. And you're like, oh, man, I got Valentine's Day. I just, I just, I just, uh, oh, man. So that's much. why, again, like, I, I don't even get her a gag gift. I didn't even, buy, I couldn't find that. She didn't give me nothing. I mean, she got me this little gag thing she showed me, but like nothing great. It's like, right. it's like seven dollars. Um, it's not about her getting you anything. You got to get her something. That's the whole point. Well, I'm taking her to dinner. That's what she wanted, and yeah. it's a, it's a very nice place, exactly. and like it'll be a good dinner. And she went and bought an outfit that she said she put on my credit card. So. Um, I guess that counts. I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I should whatever. have realized years ago my marriage was on the rocks when at the last second I panicked and got some flowers on Valentine's Day, and she threw them right back in my face because she knew that I just gotten them. Like it was one of those. Like see, I you know, like I was out today. I saw, with what happened to the thought? It counts, you know, something we were, like that. We, what does it matter when you? Where's the Target today with my kids? <laughs> I just got her some flowers. Like what? What is a? Why does it matter when you uh, yeah, get no. them? They're all they all have different things. things. Yeah, no. You know, but 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 here's what I found out yeah. though. It's like if I go to a flower shop right. and I get flowers, mm-hmm. they die in like a week. Costco flowers last three weeks. Yes. They last forever. That's and everything is great at Costco, right? So I, I just whenever I go to Costco you got the like pizza there, you got the hot oh, dogs. The, all the food. Oh, the food yeah, is off it, the charts and, and so like, cheap. And yeah, like what I do is I get the you know I get the I get the big thing of steaks right. Oh the rib yeah. Eyes. I cut them in half because they're real thick. Right, cut them mm. in half, even in thirds. I freeze you know I put them in the freezer bags. Nice. I seal them shut. <laughs> yeah, air, air, air free. You know the 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 vacuum seal thing. I put them in. I, I write the weights on them so I know how much they weigh. You know nine ounces or there's a big a big one like my wife and I can share individual portion. Boom in the freezer. Salmon same thing like everything. It's and just. I love Costco, and they have, <laughs> and, and so yes. Costco, Costco flowers, you. man, it, they last like three weeks. Yeah, but if you saw my Costco bills over the years, it's ridiculous. Uh, I'm 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 good for like, uh, it's it it gets it gets uh yeah. it gets pricey. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, how is it possible she can spend that much money? I said, well, you know, I got two you know boys in their twenties; they still eat ridiculous all right i, I want to move on for a second here because i believe me i could go down that path all day long you don't want to <laughs> okay. get me started um i want to talk about this whole mark cuban thing this week this was an unbelievable story it really was so all of a sudden out of the blue we get this announcement that mark cuban is considering not playing the national anthem ever again at a dallas mavericks home game you're like wow where did this come from And then all of a sudden it comes out that somebody sort of brought up to his attention that, hey, I didn't hear the national anthem before the game. And his response was, well, actually, we haven't played the national anthem since the beginning of preseason. We haven't. We we never have. We don't have any fans. There's nobody here. 
And so this got into this controversy, and when he got pressed on it, he says, well, you know, I've sort of changed my tune about the anthem. I'm seeing the player's side of things, and so I'm not going to guarantee that we're ever going to play the anthem again. And everything blows up in his face, and it didn't take long for the league office to tell him, no, Mark, you are going to play the anthem. We're not going to alienate a large majority of our audience that do want to hear the national anthem. So he had a backtrack and everything uh, else. All, all right, who who goes to the games wanting want to hear? Like, who goes to a game thinking like, man, I want to hear the anthem? I don't know. I've been to a lot of sporting events. I've never been. I watched the game. I want the game to start. All right. Well, let's even go further because you know, you know this, and I know this. Okay. So way back in the day, well, not even way back in the day, even at the beginning of your NFL career. The reason that the the national anthem became such a big deal at NFL games and we would see the national anthem being played and we would see the players lined up on the sideline was a deal that they made with the National Guard. It was a big promotional vehicle. You imagine where we would see these the, National the, Guard. The NFL, was, the NFL were, got money for it. Yeah, they got a ton of money for it. So they made a deal with the National Guard. They were recruiting people for the National Guard. And part of the agreement was is that – they would show the anthem and show the players on the sidelines. So prior to this, and back way back in the day, they didn't do any of this. And some players were on the field. Some players weren't. Some players were attend. There was nothing like what we are asked to now. And, of course, this really blew up with Colin Kaepernick and everything else. Were the rules, like when you came in the league, were you required to be on the field for the national anthem? So two thousand, I believe this started two thousand nine, right? Which means my rookie year in the NFL, no. And then in college, you're never on the field unless it's the championship game, right? I mean, right. in college, you come out after the anthem. Um, look, Mark Cuban, do what he wants. I, I'm so indifferent to this man. Like, if if I'm somewhere and the anthem's playing, stand up, right, sing the anthem, cheer for it. If not, it doesn't get. But the the, the, the question becomes about the anthem at sporting events. Is this is an entertainment event, right? And so. Would you play the anthem at other entertainment events? Would you play it in the movies? Yeah. At the movies? Would you play it at, um, at what other, other, other things people do for fun? I don't even know. By anything. <laughs> like, 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 and so the question becomes, like, why is it so attached to sports? Well, you is know how this all started. Money? It had to do after World War One. Well, I guess yes. there was something that happened then, and then it really took root after World War Two. That's when all the sports started really World thinking, War, you know, yes. it was a very patriotic time in America after the World War. And again, we had this after 9-11, you know, where we became very patriotic and unified and everything else. And we were, I was playing the national anthem at the end of every radio show in the aftermath of 9-11. We were playing the various versions, whether it was Whitney Houston or we got Rachel Charles, God bless him. You know, we're playing all these at the end of every show after 9 11. Really? Every single day we play because, you know, I was based in San Diego. It's a military area. So we did this every single day at the end of our show post 9 11, where we would sing the anthem or some patriotic song, you know, from a, a, a famous version. So I understand there are certain times when people are sort of clamoring for that and they really want it. Right. But like you said, <laughs> Why Why do we if, – if my attitude about this, and this is just a personal thing. I'm not saying this for everyone else because, believe me, I am 100% about freedom of speech, freedom of expression in this country. But personally, if you're going to play the anthem and people are going to be indifferent to it or just not really adhere to what I would believe is the proper way to – 
stand there for two minutes during the national anthem, yeah. then I would rather just not see it at all. I just, I instead right. of using it as a platform for protests and everything else, I would personally prefer that you not play it. Just don't, just don't yeah. do it if it's upsetting that many people. This is one of those things where, like, you're supposed to have a hot take on. I just, I, I just. I don't, like I, I don't care like I like you you know you're supposed to be like oh, this way or that way like to your point like player don't play it if it's if I'm at a sporting event and I hear it like you know there's times when people are in the bathroom during it and people don't stop going like they just you're just you're walking the concourse like the people just walk the concourse people on their cell phones during the anthem I mean like it, it's just it's on a point now where I think people even forget sometimes it, it just starts and so I don't know man, like I said if I'm in a sporting event, when it, when it gets played, I stand up, I sing the song. Yeah. If, if I'm in the concourse, do I sing? No, but I stop. I'd be respectful. Um, if in the bathroom, I'll be respectful. Like, I've been caught in the bathroom before yeah. and the anthem's been played. Um, but if it doesn't get played, it's not going to make or break my experience at a sporting event. I don't no. go. I go to watch the game. This is my argument with people. I remember one time when the Colin Kaepernick, you know, in my, I was talking to someone. He said, I go to watch the anthem. I'm like, you, you do what? You're telling me you go to the game to see the anthem? Like, you don't go to the game to watch the anthem. What are you <laughs> no. talking about? Don't don't lie to yourself. That's my favorite line ever. My high school football coach said, don't lie to yourself. You don't go to the game to watch the anthem. You go to the game to watch the game. Like, don't don't give me. So, look, he wants to play or, or don't play it. I, I don't care. Um, I, I know the NBA doesn't want to piss anyone off, so I get what they're doing. It's fine. But the thing that is, I think, what we're looking here, and you mentioned it too, is that this went on for 12 games. I didn't even notice it. Like, it wasn't even a thing. Nobody no even one noticed, noticed it. it. Nobody even noticed the fact when they were saying, wow, all of a sudden you decided not to play it. And he goes, no, actually, we haven't played it all season long. And there's nobody at the game. I, I, so, I mean, it, why yeah. why do I have to play it? All right. So, anyway, that just it was a, a bizarre story from the get-go. And then as it all played out, the NBA, all of a sudden, they were got, they had their hand forced here. What? You're, you're saying we're not going to be patriotic before the games? And the NBA is like, oh, man, like, we need this mess. No, you're going to play the national anthem, whether there's anybody there or not. And, and Cuban just threw his hands up and said, whatever. Okay, fine. I don't, I don't think he can. Again, like... For a lot of us, and I understand that it, the anthem means something different for everyone, right? And we've said, you know, we've personally shared our views. And I get that a lot of people love the anthem and love in love, you know, when it's played. Again, I don't think many people go to sporting events to listen to the anthem, but they enjoy it when it's played. So, yeah, play it. Fine. Be my guest. I, I, I don't – it doesn't sway me either way. I don't have a hot take on this subject other than – Play or don't play it. Whatever, NBA. You want to you want to play it? Go ahead. Be my guest. I did, you know, and just a side note, and I could be way off on this, but just a little observation about Mark Cuban. And I've had a couple of exchanges. I, I like Cuban. I mean, let's face it, he was a genius, right? He bailed out before the dot com explosion and he cashed in. That's how he got rich. You know, yeah. <laughs> broadcast.com. And if he had waited another six months, we never heard of Mark Cuban. That's basically what would have happened there. But when you think about the Dallas Mavericks and with the Black Lives matter movement and everything else going on right now he might be just a little paranoid considering his two biggest stars have been a german and a slovenian right i mean yeah. it's been dirk Nowitzki and now luka Doncic are the two greatest players so maybe he's just saying hey i i understand your situation you know i you know because look there's a lot of uh competition for free agents he obviously would love to win another championship he needs more than Doncic in order to do so so I, I get it. It's a little political game, but the, unfortunately for the NBA, they were forced to make a decision. They made a quick decision. All right. 
By the way, speaking of free agents, I want to get to one of the most bizarre signings in baseball history this week. <laughs> this one is mind-blowing. Talk about it coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz. Hope you're having a great Saturday, guys. Don't forget Valentine's Day. Just a reminder. No matter what they say. Oh, don't get me anything. Don't believe that for a second. Right. You need to deliver. As Jeff is. In a big way. Big way. A lot of rain tonight, Jeff. A lot of rain tonight. A lot of rain. Uh, it's going to be a tough day for me. I hope everyone is, uh, <laughs> is going to survive. <laughs> All right. Um, last, a week ago yesterday, Trevor Bauer, who had just won the Cy Young Award for the Cincinnati Reds, put out on his social media, his big social media guy, yeah, that he was going to become a Los Angeles Dodger. And so this is a big story. And so we're there last Saturday talking a little bit about this. And then I, I get to my TV work in L.A. on Saturday night. And I'm, like, I'm sort of waiting for the Dodgers to say something. And they didn't. They didn't say anything Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Nothing. Yeah. I'm like, did this happen or did this not happen? Well, finally, Thursday, the Dodgers held a press conference to announce a deed. They had signed Trevor Bauer to a deal. All right, I'm gonna. There's layers to this Trevor Bauer signing that just are so non-Dodger-like. But let's let's review this for a second here. All right, so I'm always a little partial to uh, Trevor Bauer because he and Garrett Cole were the two aces of the UCLA staff in which the Bruins won their one and only College World Series. 
So you still it's had a lot of great baseball players over the years, all the way back to Jackie Robinson. Oh, yeah. But they've only won one college World Series, and it was on the strength of Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer. And then in the 2011 baseball draft, Cole was the number one pick by the Pirates, and Bauer was the third overall pick by yep. the Arizona Diamondbacks. Bauer's stay with the Arizona Diamondbacks was short-lived. They got enough of his act real quick. And they dealt him off to Cleveland, where he sort of settled in as one of those, not aces, but a a solid pitcher who would show glimpses. But if you look at his record, a little better than 500 and an ERA about four. So essentially a better than average, but not much better than average pitcher. But even Cleveland got a little sick of his antics. He's not exactly a great clubhouse guy. He needs a lot of attention. So he dealt them to the Cincinnati Reds in 2019. In 10 starts with the Reds, in 2019, he had an ERA of 629. So this last year, in the abbreviated season, in 11 starts with the Reds, he had an ERA of 173 with a whip of less than .8, which is ridiculous. But upon further examination of the difference between an ERA of 629 and an ERA of 173, You have to remember how it worked last year in Major League Baseball. You played all your games against teams in your division or the division in the American League the same. So East versus East, West versus West. It was just geographical. So in his 11 starts last year, eight of his 11 starts were against teams that had losing records. Ten of his 11 starts came against teams that were in the bottom third in offense in Major League Baseball. So he took advantage of a weaker schedule and he put up some glorious numbers. Now, let's get to the Dodger part of this. So the Dodgers, are go- they just won the World Series. You got Walker Bueller, you have Clayton Kershaw, I know you're a Dodger hater, and and you've got all these young arms. You got Dustin May, you got uh, Gonsolin, you've got Urias, you got all these young arms ready to roll. And you give this guy, based on 11 starts, because otherwise he's been pretty much a slightly better than average pitcher, $40 million this year. This year he will be the highest paid player in baseball. And, oh, by the way, next year he's guaranteed $45 million. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm still just scratching my head why this happened. Now, it could be the Dodgers, and they even admitted this. Andrew Freeman, baseball operations, said, yeah, we've been noticing what the Padres have been doing. Seriously? The Dodgers are suddenly worried about the Padres and sort of in what appears to be a panic move have signed Trevor Bauer, not really knowing what they're going to get. It just blew my mind because it was very un-Dodger-like. But I'll tell you one thing. If anyone knows how to sell himself, it's Trevor Bauer. He pulled it off, and he's going to be a very, very, very rich man. Well, as someone who does not like the Dodgers, I hope this, this backfires on them very, very quickly. But as a, as a Giants fan, though, as someone who has uh, had their team give a lot of money to Barry Zito, who was, a, at the time, mm-hmm. um, a very good pitcher um, and had done for many years. Right? I think he won the Cy Young before he was brought to San Francisco. And then we just signed Jeff Samarja, too. Ridiculous deal. Um, I'm not sure how much You're I can You're always rolling the dice uh, with pitchers. Uh, you know yeah. this. Oh, I know. Um, and so... Um, you know, um, you know, it, it, it's a lot of money. Um, you know, I think they're just trying to bolster 
what they think they need as far as arms. Uh, we saw last year that you know their one their one weakness was more the bullpen than it was starting pitching, but they're still you know kind of maybe one starter short um, in the postseason. Uh, and this that they feel like this is and again it's a lot of money. I get that. But now if you have a, a more solid rotation, maybe you don't have to go to the bullpen as frequently in the postseason, even though I know analytics kind of makes that the thing now to go to the bullpen much earlier uh, than, than we grew up watching baseball. I, I get it. I, I'm not going to poo-hoo analytics. I understand. I understand it. Um, so if, if that's what they think he does, and it, you know they, they obviously have a lot of money. That's not the problem. So I don't know, it just feels like a, a little bit of a risk, but maybe the reward is another championship, and, and obviously I, they'll pay for that. I, I just, it just, and by the I way, mean, they, they, they blew year, through the luxury tax, I and mean, that's the thing. When care. Andrew Friedman came, well, they do care. In fact, that's one of the reasons Andrew Friedman was brought in from Tampa, where he did a masterful job. I mean, this guy's one of the top executives in baseball, and he's been able to operate, even with the huge deal they gave Mookie Betts, to sort of sit underneath the cap, go, you know, push it to the limit. But this blows them over the cap with this deal, and. They still don't have a third baseman. I mean, Justin Turner's a free agent. They haven't made a decision on that. So it just really out of step with what the Dodgers have been doing. And it just curious me. I hate, I hate me. to I hate to see them ruin their roster. It, just, <laughs> it makes me so sad. Well, if you're and, a Giant fan, you know. And um, yeah, yeah, we, we had our, we obviously had our glory, and the yes, Dodgers were going to win eventually. But look, they only played a third of a season, so it's only a third of a championship. That's the way I look uh, at it. It didn't, um, wasn't a real championship. And yeah. so you know that you know, did you see that when they gave him the World Series trophy, they, they only gave him a third of it. They cut off all the two thirds <laughs> of the flags. <laughs> only give him ten flags. Uh, you and are, said here you go. You are you get, a true Giant you, fan, you, Dodger you, hater. I can tell that you get ten. You get well, for so I mean, the last time I was eighty eight, like I was two years old. I've had this over them, <laughs> yeah. the Giants winning in 10, 12, and fourteen. Yeah, yes, I had over them, and now I mean, all my friends from back home are Dodger fans. So well, look, like, at, look, I grew up a Dodger fan, and when and Bruce Bochy and I became close when he was the Padres manager. I remember opening day twenty eleven after the Giants had won their first championship in twenty ten. They were playing the Dodgers, and I walked into Bochy's office and I said to him, "I'm like, real Boch, the Giants." I mean, I was just like, "Ah, of all teams for you." To go to and win a championship, he the like Giants. The, he seems like the nicest guy. He is too. the best. I He's mean, the, absolutely the gi- love Boach. He is most, exactly what he seems to be, and the most giant head of all time. Right? All he time, size I mean, we're like, like eight and it, quarter hat. It, it, it literally, <laughs> you could have a family of four living in that cap. That's how big that cap is. Um, but he is a delight, Hall of Famer to be, and oh, yeah. uh, will forever be not only a Giants legend but a Padres legend as well. Yes. All right. Uh, Let's find out what is trending right now. Once again, we're broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch. You can save a bundle on your auto insurance. Ralph Urban is back. Ralphie has many memories of Boach back in the day with the Padres. I do, but I also have to correct you on one thing, Steve. What Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole did not win the College World Series. They lost in the final to South Carolina, the UCLA College World Series championship was in 2013. Oh my God! Adam Plutko is currently pitching with the You're Indians. You're right. I've always assault, I, you, I have been corrected correctly by a guy who knows because he covered all this stuff. Yeah, UCLA. I was. I was in Omaha for I two was weeks like, for that one. I always. Th- You're right. They lost. That's right. Yeah. So I, I have no allegiance to these two guys. 
<laughs> None. Wow. Zero. I only I only had that. I for some reason I always associated him with that one championship. But you're at the second you said, it, I'm like, I'm so wrong. No, they uh, they went all the way to the final, but uh, and then they got rid of those bums, Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer, and actually won a World Series. They got rid of those bums. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. No, they were great pitchers, dominant pitchers. But uh, let's face it, uh, Trevor Bauer is not Garrett Cole. Can we make that clear? He's not. Correct. He's not. not at this point. No, uh, I, I'm, I'm not been. going. I'm not going to say that at this point. Really? One is one of Cy Young, and one has been just there. Garrett's been very good, but he hasn't been the dominant pitcher on a staff of a team that's won. Whoa, 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 whoa! He hasn't been a dominant pitcher. He hasn't been the dominant pitcher of a staff that was won. Look he, at Garrett Cole's numbers from two years ago. And compare what, him to what any team was season. He, what team was he on? Houston. And was he the number one pitcher? Well, as far as the stats were concerned, even though Verlander won the Cy Young, he, okay. a lot of people thought he should have won I'm the Cy saying, Young. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing it out. Wow. All right. So you're all in with Trevor Bauer. Trevor, Trevor. I, I, I'm good you friends person, with both. Whoa. See, this is new to me, Jeff. I didn't realize you were so tight. With both. With Trevor Bauer. And they, right. they did don't like each other, and it was an interesting relationship. And so you've oh, sided wow. with Trevor Bauer over Garrett Cole. I didn't say that at all. Well, that's exactly what you said. That is not what I said. Okay. I said I said I would not say one has been dominant over the other. Okay. Interesting. All right. I don't know if Ralphie will let you pet him. Probably not, but I will take <laughs> you to the NBA where Philadelphia has a 74-70 lead over Phoenix. Five minutes to play in the third quarter of that contest. Meanwhile, on the college scoreboard, less than 30 seconds to play. Number 15, Iowa, an 88-57 lead over Michigan State at the intermission. At number 11, Alabama, all over Georgia, 51-38. Number 10, Missouri, 26-18. They're leading Arkansas, 7-18 to play in the first half. And at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, Nate Lashley and Daniel Berger, they're out in front at 13 under par, one shot ahead of Jordan Spieth. Send it back now to Stephen Jeff. Well, just hang on a second here, Ralph. I just want to know more about this Trevor Bauer situation with you. I don't know. Can you get him on the show? Probably not. Probably not. He's a lot bigger than me now. (laughs) (laughs) They're never bigger than you, Ralph. You made them. You made them. All right. There it is. Ralph Irvin there. Uh, Clarifying which he should have. I was erroneous in that Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer dynamic to win a World Series. They actually were losers. they've They've only won one. That's it for UCLA. In fact, at one point, UCLA had a great baseball coach for many, many years named Gary Adams. And at, at, at several points, they had actually had more players with professional contracts than any other school in America. But for whatever reason, they weren't able to uh, navigate their way all the way to a College what? World Series title. USC has won a two, million of them back in the day. Two years ago, they were the one seed, and Michigan upset them in the Reed Super Regional. I remember that because I was yes. covering that for Pac-12. That was that was the year. I mean, they, we thought UCLA was going to win that year. They were the one seed. They were they were great. And they were they were Michigan great. Michigan beat them. By the at, way, at Jackie, as an Oregon guy, how do you feel about Oregon State having been so dominant in college baseball? A, okay, great question. So Oregon did not have baseball mm. when Oregon State won their first two championships, 06 and 07, or mm-hmm. five and six, one of the two. Um, and Phil Knight, who obviously everyone associated with Oregon, he donated money to 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 that team to get them, you know, get their facilities up and running. Like I, it was, it, he, we didn't have. So now we have baseball. Obviously, we have not been good as good as Oregon State. I don't really, I don't really dislike Oregon State. Like I'm, I'm happy for the conference. Uh, we actually interviewed their coach Mitch Cannon um, for a Padre, right, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on my show Friday. So, you know, they're, they're, they're getting ready for their season uh, to start very soon, and they should be back, Oregon State. They're not ranked right now, but should be a, a tournament team. I, I, I have no problem with Oregon State. Like, I, I, I think it's good for the conference. Uh, they're, and they're, they're good at baseball. Like, they, they pitch well. They hit well. They're fundamentally sound. Oh, I mean, they've I mean, won, they've won back, multiple series and everything else. Let me ask you this, uh, and I'm not going to count Utah and Colorado with the expansion to the Pac-12, but of the Pac-10 schools – I've been to every covered sporting events, either football or basketball, of all the other Pac-12 school, Pac-10 schools, at least twice: Tucson, Tempe, yeah. Pullman, Seattle, Eugene, obviously Palo Alto, Berkeley. Uh, I never went to Corvallis. Am, am I missing anything? Having <laughs> never been to Corvallis, Oregon, I, I, I ask uh, you this: uh, Corvallis no. has has um, yeah. Upgrade a little bit. They have a really good uh, Hawaiian food place called Local Boys. It's incredible. Really? Okay. All right. Like, think like L&L on steroids. It's so good. Well, you know how it is. You have, like, this checklist, right? And you've been everywhere. I never never got to Corvallis. There's no checklist. I mean, they're they're upgrading their football stadium. <laughs> yes. and part of it is they're downgrading the seats by like ten thousand. That, that should tell right. you where they are right now. They're <laughs> okay. going from like forty five. And like by the way, Mike Riley was one of my favorite people that ever coached this game. Ever, 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 ever. I mean, you talk about when he became the Chargers head coach. Got to know Coach Riley. One of the great guys ever, I think, to be a coach. Didn't work out at Nebraska, you know, for him. But uh, I'm a big Riley fan. All right, I want speaking of coaches, Urban Meyer. <laughs> this this is another bizarre, bizarre story. Every once in a while, you see these stories like, what exactly were they thinking? Well, I'm going to give you a little glimpse inside the head of Urban Meyer. We were talking about the whole hiring of Urban Meyer, Jeff, you know, for Jacksonville, yeah. and he's never had a, t- a day in the NFL. I mean, his entire coaching career has been in the college ranks. And we always talk about when you get to be top of the mountain, like Urban Meyer or a Nick Saban or a Dabo Sweeney, someone along those lines in the college ranks, you get whatever you want. Nobody's going to stand in your way. In fact, you have you really have control of the media. You, 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 they're not going to question you. They may try, but you, you, you have such power as an elite head college coach. And Urban Meyer found out it's a lot different than the NFL. So he hires this Chris Doyle who got let go at Iowa because, well, he had said some things that were angered a lot of players. And, of course, they see Iowa Sam shaking his head sort of. What was the story here, Iowa Sam, about Chris Doyle? Uh, As far as racist comments and players coming up, what was the story here? He was there for 20 years. So so most of these allegations uh, came out in like the last 10 years or so, but it was over 50 players. I think it was between 50 and 70 players. Basically, he would just bully them and also say things that were what we consider today to be racially insensitive. So uh, eventually the university said enough. And so they fired him. summer. So apparently Urban Meyer's also known this guy for a number of years. So he's sitting in front of the media the other day, Jeff, and all of a sudden this guy starts asking questions about the hiring of Chris Doyle. And then he asks another question, another question. Then there's a follow-up from a different question. And you could see that Urban Meyer's like not used to this. Like, you know, I've known this guy for 20 years, and <laughs> next thing you know, the, the you know what hits the fan, and Chris Doyle offers his letter of resignation before he even gets yeah. started. Um, should uh, Urban Meyer be alarmed and finding out he's no longer in this, you know, the world of Oz anymore? I mean, where you normally well, sit atop the college football mountain? Uh, I mean, this was what we had talked about when he was hired. It's just, it's much different than the NFL, right? The, the players have more of a say. The media is, is going to question you more, right? They're going to be on you more. 
you have to provide um, you know more reasons why you do things or why you don't do things. You're, I think you're held more accountable than you are as a college coach, especially when you're winning in college football, right? No, no one really holds you accountable. You know, a lot of these towns are small. Now Columbus is not a small town, but a lot of these towns tend to be smaller, and you're the you know you're the biggest oh, yeah. person in this in this in the town or even the state. Nick Saban is the most important person in all of Alabama, um, and so yeah, your, your questions will become under scrutiny. You know the 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 thing with Doyle, it's kind of interesting. Um, if you you kind of you know. And, and Sam mentioned kind of the age disparity, right? Some of the older guys that play with him just think he's a hard ass, and the other ones, obviously, you know, a little bit younger, think it's a little more than that. And that, and that's you know, it's all how people interpret it, right? And that's what this is about: is if people interpret his, um, you know, how he has coached them uh, and what he says to be inappropriate, then you have to honor what what those players, how those players feel, right? And the NFL is a players' league, and if you hire a coach who's not going to cater. His coaching style to the players he's coaching, that's never going to work. Never going to work. And that, I think, is is the crux of, of why he had to leave. It's, yeah. not, it's almost not even what he did in the past. It's um, – I think Urban did not have an answer for what he had done in the past – and I wonder if players were like herbs. We, we ain't doing this, man. Like we're like we're not doing you know, the you know their friends called someone from Iowa. Iowa told you know their, their friend told them what what was said and like we don't look, man. You might disagree with, and I know older people. I'm not telling you, you Steve, older, but you know there's there's you know people that are kind of set in their ways, right? And, of course, and believe me, I things, am. And, yes. and people do things a certain way. Um, that's no longer what sports is, and it's something that I have to. I'm a little kind of more. Old school, am I thinking about sports as well? Um, and, you know, it's different now, man. The players have control. The things that I was talking to my buddy about this um, uh, the other day, like the things my high school coach said in 2004, three and four to, to us, we laughed at it. The entire team did. He would get fired in a heartbeat. It's, it's, it's different now. Yeah. And, and, um, and that's where we're at, and and that's what that's what sports are now. And well, that's what the I, room is. I, my attitude about change is this: if it's necessary, make the change. If it's not, what are we changing for? It's got to be for a reason. Uh, by the way, we're broadcasting live. From the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios, call 1-888-FARMERS. You can save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. It's a romantic week and Valentine's Day weekend, so who deserves a little extra love in the sports world? We're going to tell you coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz. Want to thank the guys today. Iowa Sam. Wow, my Hawkeyes put a beat down on Michigan State in the Breslin Center. How about that? Ohio State knows how to beat Indiana. You guys don't. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's not talk about that. Okay. They're out of their run. Yeah. All right. Ralph Irvin, who corrected me correctly about the whole Cole Bauer connection to UCLA's one and only college World Series title. He had none. I always appreciate Ralph keeping me in line like that. Thank you, Ralph. Appreciate that. Zero. And Lita Lab, who proudly wears his Packers gear no matter what. Even though it's been over a decade since they've been, well, now been a decade, over a decade coming up here uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, and by the way, Jeff, uh, you know, as we, we get ready for Valentine's Day, I'm, I'm going to guess, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a little guess here that Tom Brady needs to come up with a good uh, Valentine's gift for his wife, Giselle. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So the other day we saw the whole boat situation. Oh yeah. And as we found out, drinking. he got he got introduced to the avarita, the avarita, uh, which is like a margarita but with avocado. And <laughs> it was obvious one throwing the Super Bowl trophy that maybe something wasn't quite right with Tom. And then of course staggering off the boat uh, was very untom like. Now personally. The thing about it, it really humanized him, right? It's like that is the normal 43-year-old dad of three that's away from the kids and the wife, right? Hanging with the guys. Well, we know. A little day, distance I mean, from the family. Hey, let's let it roll. On a, day, day drinking on a boat also mm, um, yeah. can, get, can, can, can get you pretty fast. Oh, yes. Yeah. But I'm just in a guess because, you know, the thing about <laughs> from what I observe from afar is that Giselle, like many wives— you know, sort of keeps uh, pretty close eyes on their man to sort of toe the line, so to speak. She, you know, you can go play your football and everything, but you know, don't don't embarrass us or anything. So that 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 for I, I I'm going to guess that you know he he probably had to you know explain himself at the very least. So maybe something nice from him to her might soothe it a little bit. Not my guess, man. I could be 100 percent wrong on this. I, mean, I feel like a I feel like a Super Bowl. Uh... Super Bowl ring. Uh, well, that's you know, was, that's more his thing than hers, right? She she seemed happy for she seemed happy for him. She does. I mean, you know, and she's allowing. She remember a couple of years ago she was making a lot of noise like it's enough. My husband is going to scramble his brain if he plays much more football. And I think he assured her that no, I'm okay, honey. So everything else like that. Any any special Valentine's gifts you think uh, are necessary to hang out? To anybody? Um. <laughs> My company is is really special, so I hope my wife likes the company at dinner tonight. Because I, again, the the uh, the present giving is not happening tonight. <laughs> I, I like the way you say that. No exchange of gifts. 
All right. So what's your what's your clock right now? So when are you you're going out to dinner tonight, right? Yeah, so I'm I'm off the radio in a few minutes, right? And then I gotta get changed. We have dinner at thir- in thirty minutes. We're on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you early dinner. The question is, how long can we drag on dinner for <laughs> to, before we have to go like kill some time? I asked you before: so is this a place sleeping. that is new to you guys, or are you somewhere you've eaten before? Like I said, we've eaten there one time, right. but it was like late at night. I yeah. did not eat, and they have a great menu. So I'm really excited to explore mm-hmm. everything this place has to has to offer. So do you do a little, you know, gazing across the table, just the two of us? My wife and I will probably talk about our vacation we're going to have. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're going to Europe this year. You don't we're go back to like that. when you guys first met or anything like that? Yeah, that's boring. We've done that already. <laughs> Well, enjoy your Valentine's Day uh, for sure. Same to all of you. Keep it out, Fox Sports Radio. That's my wife you're talking about, man. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 